Good Eisenberg, welcome to your favorite podcast. The name of the show is Eisenberg. My name is Ian Eisenberg. Each episode, I interview people that I find interesting. Some of them I know, others I do not. Today's guest, his name is Robbie Walter. He lives in Indiana. He is a chef at the Kentucky Derby. We're going to talk about his journey from growing up in New York and going via San Diego to where he is now and the life that he has. Robbie Walter, or as some people know him now as Ricky Bobby. Hi everyone, it's here, our guest today, he's Robbie Walter. This is actually the second time I'm recording this, I don't know what happened the first time, but Robbie, let's pretend that we didn't, we're actually starting the interview right now, say hello to everybody. Hello everybody, I guess I was picking my nose. Oh no, (laughs) no, no, no. Little booger reference. Absolutely, it's it's funny, Um, I was talking with Kevin Gordine last week, and I was mentioning actually Rob Ruffler, and he's like, stop, like, no, that's wrong guy, we're talking about Robbie Walter here. No, so, so Robbie, so so tell us wh- where are you living right now? I know you grew up here in New York, and you definitely don't live in New York anymore. No, I live in a little town called Lanesville, Indiana. It's a suburb of Louisville, Kentucky, just across the border in Indiana, probably about fifteen miles out of Louisville, Kentucky. That's amazing, and and tell us, tell everyone what you do for a living. Uh, I am a chef with a company called Levy Restaurants, based out of Chicago, Illinois. And uh, I work at uh, Churchill Downs, where we have the Kentucky Derby, and I also work at the Kentucky Fair and Expo Center. And uh, I cook for big, high-volume events, and uh, that's about it. There's a lot to it, but that's about it for now. <laughs> awesome. And, and tell us, like, how you ended up working, living in Indiana and and getting to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I used to be a sous chef with this company, Levy, in Chicago, in uh, Washington, D.C. at the Verizon Center. And uh, the year the Queen of England came to the Kentucky Derby, which is 10 years ago now, I was transferred here due to being in the military. And uh, my wife was uh, the chef's assistant at the time, and she helped me get settled in here to Louisville, Kentucky, got me my rental car, and showed me to work around Louisville. So I took her out to dinner, and we are still on the first date. We'll be celebrating nine years of marriage this July. Congratulations, Ravi. That's, that is wonderful that, that you found someone. So you say you met, so, you, so she was your wife, or you met her when you were working here, and then she became your wife, and you're still on that never-ending first date. Yep, never-ending first date, still going. She still works with the same company as well. And uh, we're both very busy when it comes to derby time and springtime. We're both anxiously awaiting July to come so we can have some time off with our kids. Very exciting. And and tell us, um, what was the path? Like, what led you to being a chef and working with food? Uh, growing up, I guess, uh, you probably remember my grandmother. We called her Mima. Yep. I always cook, cooked with her every Sunday, and all my brothers and everybody would always be outside playing, and I'd want to be inside, and I had some strange, strange passion for meat and stuff. So uh, after I did my stint in the military, I used uh, part of my GI Bill, and I went to culinary school called the New York Restaurant School. Now it's the New York Art Institute. It's on Canal Street, downtown New York. 
And after that, I got on with Levy Restaurants, and I am with Levy Restaurants still. I've had other jobs. I left Levy for a little bit, but for the most part of my cooking career, I've been with the same company. That's definitely great job security. I mean, I do remember eating a lot of meat at your house as a kid. Like, there was, like, a few years ago, it was my birthday. I think your mom actually wrote to me on Facebook. I hope you have a, hope you have some have some steak or some meat. Not realizing I had been a vegetarian for five years at that point. Oh, I didn't know you were vegetarian. I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been a vegetarian since 2009, so it's been a long time, and it's it's weird because it's like I quit cold turkey, and and it's and no looking, turkey. no 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 looking back. It's it's been a great experience. I mean, do I miss eating meat? Yes, but not enough to eat it again. Oh, like, good for you. Thank you. Like like, are you, are you familiar with um, something called Impossible Burger? No, I am not. Like it's like it's my goal for my birthday to have Impossible Burger. The scientists in the Bay Area have done all this research on what makes beef taste so good, and they were able to actually replicate have a plant based uh, burger that's supposed to actually taste like red meat. So, I've got it. Didn't eating that burger with you? Yes, it's 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 an exciting thing and i mean their whole idea is not so much about being a vegetarian and not eating animals but about like the emissions that animals cause to the environment especially when when lots of cattle are brought onto this world and just like how how it actually hurts the environment yeah i never thought of it like that uh like i said i'm a chef in louisville kentucky and people here sure eat a lot of meat (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they do, and it's. And I've always said that I'm not one of those preachy vegetarians. If you want to eat meat, go eat meat. I'm not. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like as a Yankee fan, like coming in, growing up in New York, running into Mets fans. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with being a Mets fan. I'm a Yankee fan. They're amazing. They're amazing. Finally. Finally, I mean, they, I mean, they had a few bad years, but uh, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, so so tell us about like your upbringing in New York, and it's like, what was it when you grew up here that that's like a big part of your life now, and how and how you've brought that to Indiana and Kentucky? Well, I guess being a chef, I have a love for New York style food. Uh, we started one thing in Churchill Downs. At uh, in the turf club, every Belmont we turn the whole turf club into New York, and I've, I've really bought a big part of that. The cooking I learned from my grandmother Mima, growing up, I actually have a pot of spaghetti going on the stove right now. And uh, I, I was I, I'm the type of person who likes making people happy. You know, from coming to my house, I was probably on the grill all the time anyway. Yes, yes, it was. It was definitely stuff I. Stuff I definitely remember about that being in, being there in New York, and also it's like in in where you are, it's like what what are the people's sports teams like? Who do people root for there? Oh, it's really weird. So baseball around here, there's a lot of Cincinnati Reds fans, which I guess I get because Cincinnati's about an hour and fifteen minutes away. Uh, and then football is kind of split with the Bengals and the and the Colts, and then for but not the Browns. Baseball, not the Browns, not so much. Cleveland's about six hours away. So, okay. Uh, college sports, I've never, I never really understood it until I moved out of here. But people are 
as big on the Louisville Cardinals and the Kentucky Wildcats as you and I are with the Yankees. I'm sure about that since I know yeah, since I know New York City because you've got every sports team that major college yeah, sports spoiled. major college sports is not a big deal. I I mean I've learned about the history of it like Columbia and NYU used to be these giant powerhouses and apparently there was a lot of gambling and and underground stuff, which is why NYU eventually dropped Division One sports, and yeah. and why you just you, you see your your St. John's and your Rutgers and stuff, but nothing like in the heart of the city. That's that's like this is your college team or college football. I, I'm asked a lot out here. Who do I follow in college sports? And I always say Syracuse. Cause, yeah, uh, in my opinion, they're the most relevant New York team. It, it kind of makes sense. It's it's interesting. Like at Yankee Stadium, the last few years, Syracuse has actually had an ad in the outfield saying Syracuse, New York's college basketball team, which kind of feels weird. But when you realize that the New York sports footprint actually extends through the entire state of New York and Jersey and Pennsylvania, I can see yeah. where that comes from. Like like when I went to college in, in SUNY Plattsburgh, which is right on the border of Montreal, which is about five hours from from here, and six, maybe six hours from the city itself, like, we got MSG, we got the S Network, we got all the local New York sports, even though we were an hour from Montreal. No Expos, no Canadians. Maybe that's one oh, reason... Hey. <laughs> maybe that's one reason that's why the Expos aren't around anymore. I mean, it was a cool thing. Like, I don't think you've met my, my friend, my roommate Dan, like... There was, I remember there was one day, it was a Monday, and the Exos were playing the Cubs. Kerry Wood was pitching back when he was a big deal. I said, Kerry Wood's pitching. Let's go to Montreal right now. And we were there. We bought, yep. the, we bought the bleacher tickets. We were, but yet we sat right behind home plate because no one cared at the end of the Expos. Yeah, which, that's sad. It is. I mean, there, I mean the, there are the rumors that the, the Tampa Bay Rays might eventually move there, but we'll see. I heard that too. Well, they moved to what Washington, Washington Nationals. Yeah, they're, actually, they're the Washington probably. Nationals, who have been actually pretty successful. But Montreal is now the biggest market in the U.S. and Canada combined, without a major league baseball team. So they're next, kind of like the NFL going to L.A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the NFL took over L.A. Yeah, um, to the disappointment of St. Louis, Oakland, and San Diego. In San Diego. Yeah, it's like you were living in San Diego for a while, right? Uh, When I was in the military, I lived in San Diego, California, which was awesome. That's probably one of the best places in the country to live. I remember my 21st birthday in January. We were out in shorts and a T-shirt and sandals. Wow. January. And I I know... And I know from just being a baseball fan, the Padres almost never have rainouts. It's like, how does that happen? I actually went to game four of the 98 World Series when the, when the Yankees swept the Padres. I was at game four. I just came off a six-month cruise and uh, saved up a whole bunch of money, and I spent $550 on a ticket. And when Andy Pettit was warming up to go into the game, I probably could have reached over and pulled the ball out of his hands. That's how close I was. I was right on the rail. Wow. Over and this is 1998, which means those tickets probably would be worth ten grand today. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous the inflation. Yeah, that's the one thing about 
the about the Chargers leaving there and the Padres have long been gone, like that's that stadium's probably going to be hitting the wrecking ball soon. And all I can think about is Game Four of nineteen ninety eight, or that night. That's where nineteen ninety eight ended. In, like probably like the my best, my favorite season as a baseball fan. And I went to thirteen oh, games. I mean, I, I remember. I mean, we yeah, we remember we had these. We probably had the same conversation in your garage maybe about ten fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's like I, that year I went to thirteen games, which was my record at the time. And I thought, wow. Yeah. What did we win? 116 games that season? It was, it was 114 in the regular season, 125 combined. The 2001 yeah. Mariners ended up winning 118 in the regular season, which is which is the record now. But they didn't win the World Series. So the Yankees have that record. The 98 Yankees winning the most combined games in the regular season and playoffs with 125. And it's funny, out here, living outside of New York and being a diehard Yankee fan, there's a lot of Yankee haters out there. You either like us or you don't like us. Well, yeah. Nobody ever says, ah, the Yankees are okay. Everybody's opinionated on them. Yeah. Which is funny, because this year in Derby, at Derby, uh, David Ortiz was in the the turf club. Yeah. I've seen him a couple times, but one of my assignments... uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they bring their whole offensive units to the Derby every year. Oh, wow. So instead of all the fancy food we prepare for them, they all wanted hamburgers, <laughs> french fries, and chicken fingers. So it was my job, and uh, I have a catchy nickname that's been with me since I've been here in Louisville, Kentucky. Everybody calls me Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby, and, uh, like like Talladega Nights. Yeah, I, I got transferred here when that movie came out, and I have two first names, Robert Walter. So Robbie, Bobby. I'm not Ricky Bobby. And that's all people call me. Nobody, not many people that work with me know my full name. But, uh, so that. I'm guessing that you don't use shake and bake. Uh, I don't use shake and bake, but I shake and bake and fist pump my team when they do a good job. It's kind of funny. Nice. Uh, I kind of get into character when I put on my, my chef jacket. Even my little son knows that they call me Ricky Bobby at work. It's kind of funny. But, uh. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers know me as Ricky Bobby. Uh, I actually got a picture. It's on my Facebook page of uh, me and the two of them on Derby Day, and it was a real awesome experience. That, and, and I don't like either of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. That's funny, but it's, yeah, it's kind of like when I met Donald Trump back in I think what 2003 at the movie hey, are you theater. To say that on this podcast. Hey, you know what? It's. You know what? It's one of those things where it's like like it or hate it. It's like I he's the only president I've ever met. Yeah, I guess I've never met a president. Yeah, I mean, I know my dad once shook Bill Clinton's hand like at a West Point graduation. Yeah, that's cool. I don't remember why he was there, but it happened. Yep, dad's doing well. Dad's good. I mean, I mean, I don't have kids, but Samantha has two, so he's a happy yep. grandfather. That's good. It's time for you to give him one. Something like that. Ian Jr. Yes, Ian Jr. I've always joked that I should name my kid Ian, but like I-A-I-N, like the, like, I don't know if it's, that's like another, like, um, I'm not sure if that's British or Irish or Scottish or version of Ian, but no, I wouldn't name yeah, my kid Ian. Talking about, I don't know what it is either. I wanted a junior too, but I guess that's more of a New York thing. Having actually, from what I understand, it's like very much to... like an Italian thing. From what I understand, like I yeah. know I've met a lot I'm of a, like I married a country girl. Yeah, I have a I have a Dylan Thomas Walter. Yep, 
So, so, so is it Bob Dylan, Dylan McKay, or someone else? Yeah. We were picking up names. Yeah. I have a 16 year old stepson, and his name is Dorian. So, Dorian and Dylan, they kind of fit. So, it was with a D. Yep, with a D. Yeah, because it's funny, because it's like, actually, as we speak, right down the street at the Capitol Theater, Bob Dylan's playing. So, I was like, ah, Dylan's dad. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kind of. I want to get to a show at the Capitol Theater. <laughs> I remember going back when we were in high school. I think uh, Andy LaBella, myself, and a bunch of my friends back then, we went and saw, like, I think it was, like, Megadeth, Corn, and Flotsam and Jetsam at the Capitol Theater. Oh, wow. And I know I've seen the Ramones there, but I see all of these shows coming through now, and it's like, wow. Yeah, it's so, ever yeah, it's ever since um, Peter Shapiro, who used to own a club in Manhattan called The Wetlands, mm-hmm. and he now owns this place called Brooklyn Ball, which has... Yep. A bunch of locations. He he actually originally signed a twenty year lease to to redevelop the capital to renovate it. But four months into it, after it opened, he bought the building. So that's awesome. To, and actually, this Bob Dylan run happening right now. The third night is going to be the five hundredth show since they reopened. Wow. And how many years has it been open again? I mean, it's been open it opened in 2012, so it's been like about what, 6 years almost. Yeah. Wow, that's that's awesome. Port Chester's changed a lot. I haven't been back in a long time. Yeah, it it's weird. It's it's different, but it's the same, but it's not like it's been nice living back here and just like voting, even like in the school board elections, and saying, like, "I know this person. I know this person." Like the craziest thing was, yeah, like, that's one thing about growing up. Yeah. You know everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like what was amazing was like a but some of the elections are in the middle school gym. So when I went there, there was a vote over the bond for the school bond. It was like a big thing. I think it was like $80 million or something really high. It was in the middle school gym. It was probably the first time I was in there since we were in 8th grade. And it was yeah. like... And it's like such a throwback. I, I can't even think of when the last time I was in that gym. Yeah, because there's like no reason to go. It's like same thing. Like, I haven't been in the high school probably or at the high school probably since my since Samantha's graduation in 1999. Yeah, I think mine was Danny's graduation. I think that was like, uh oh, bad brother time, but I don't really remember. Danny, if you're ever listening to this, um, you you got one against him now. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's got more than one against him, but we're cool. <laughs> uh, all right, Rob, I got to wrap up. It's been great talking to you. Any final thoughts on everything? Is there anywhere we can reach you? For all your all your fans that of Ricky Bobby who have now discovered you by hearing me on hearing you on the podcast, you can find me find me on Facebook, and uh, I always post pictures of all the all of the food that I cook and of everybody. And you can reach out with me, Ian. It's been great talking to you, man. I wish I wish we had more time. Same, and, uh, we'll same here, same here. And if you're if you're ever here or from there, it's happening. Yeah, come out to Derby one year. It's a it's a party. Ah, it's only in Louisville, Kentucky, do they let kids have off of school on a Friday to go learn how to drink bourbon and gamble. 
Interesting. And I can wear and everyone wearing those funny hats. Yeah, and those funny hats, yeah. That's like a multi million dollar industry. I believe but, uh, it. I believe you know, it. I'll let you go, buddy. All right, Rabbi, thank you. Thank you for being guest on Eisenberg. Shake and bake. Thanks for having me. Rock. And special thanks to Robbie Walter. Thank you for being on the show today. We are very excited that you're here and that this show has aired. You're listening to Eisenberg. You can spell that I, S as in Sam, A, N as in November, B E R G. You can check us out at yourfavoritepodcast.com. Thank you, everyone. My name is Ian Eisenberg, and you have a great Eisenberg, everybody.